if you get passives back, we don't want them as passives. That's that's not a bad thing for us, but it's kind of a bad thing for us because what we really are aiming to do is to build fans, evangelists, right? So those actually represent no man's land for us. So we need to have campaigns uh, put in place so that when scores come back as passives, something happens to make them no longer passive, but to make them super excited. You are listening to the Digital Utopia Podcast, a resource dedicated to helping B2B leadership and executives gain clarity and focus in a chaotic marketplace. Hey gang, welcome to the Digital Utopia Podcast, episode 43. I'm your host, Frank Cowell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Joseph Freeman. Today, we're going to talk about something we mentioned in the last episode, and we touched on it just a little bit, and that's NPS, the Net Promoter Score. Today, we're going to talk about what is it, why does it exist, what are the ways to use it, and how often should you be using it? So Joe, let's talk about NPS, Net Promoter Score. Now, this has become an industry common thing where you measure the sentiment of your customer database and you know whether they're what we call promoters or detractors. But it was uh, it, it's something that I think a lot of people get confused about on how you actually come up with the measurement and when you're supposed to use it. So let's talk about that today, so yeah. the audience can find out, you know, be clear on exactly what it is and and how to implement into their business. I think that how to implement is the the most fun part of this because so many people, not so many people, some people do MPS surveys, and then what do they do with that data? Well, I think let's unpack a little bit here today what you can do with that data. So, so let's first get- of all, what. <laughs> go for it. Go for it, Joe. What is NPS? Yeah. So what is NPS? So as we said, it stands for net promoter score. And what it aims to do is give you one number that is the barometer, if you will, on the customer database that you have and how many of them really are promoting your brand versus detracting from your brand. And so it's like a net composite score. The The net promoter score survey is one question and one question only. And it is this, based on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is very much so, and one is never in a million years, how likely are you to refer our brand slash product to your friends slash colleagues? That's Mm -hmm. it. That's the question. How likely are you to refer? 10 being you know a huge fan and one being, I wouldn't refer you in a million years. That's it. Just the one question. Yep, and that's all you ask. And then we, right. we here in a moment. Let's get into. I'd love for you to explain the calculation, what you do with those answers, because it's not just an average, right? You don't just Mm-mm. say, "Oh, out of our thousand people we surveyed, we got an average of uh, seven point two. Uh, that's not how you do the calculation for Net Promoter Score. There's a very specific formula. But I just want everyone to understand that's the question. It's a one question survey. So if you ever get these emails after you buy something. And it literally has this question, how likely are you to refer us? And it, whether it's to a friend or a colleague, depending on whether it's a consumer or a business, right? You get that question in an email and then you see those little boxes, one through 10, and they want you to click on one. That you're getting a net promoter score survey sent to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you've never done one of these before, it is exactly that. It's zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, And the way that it breaks down is up to six you are considered a detractor. So if you as the consumer or the customer click on you know zero through six, you're a detractor. If you click on a seven or an eight, you're considered a passive and or neutral. And yep. if and if you click on a nine or a 10, you're actually a promoter, right? So that would go into a lot of what we talk about fans and evangelists. You're a promoter. You're out there 
spreading the good word. Um, and so as Frank mentioned, this is not an average. So what happens is let's use real numbers here. If you sent this out to a hundred people, right? And if uh, 50% of those people, so actually 50 of them clicked on passives, that's a seven or an eight. And then let's say that of the remaining 50, we had 20 of them hit detractor and 30 of them hit nine or 10, which is a promoter, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to throw away the passives because they're neutral. We don't really care. So 50% of our score is gone right there, right? Now the remaining 50%, we said that 20 of them were detractors and 30 of them were promoters. So what we do is we simply subtract that number. The percentages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very clear we're gonna we're gonna subtract percentages, not just raw numbers. So we're using right now thirty equals thirty percent. That's just because of the convenient math of one hundred in the sample. But if it was five hundred and forty-two, you know, was the total you sent out? What percentage were the nines and tens, and what percentage were the sixes and below? Yeah. So in this example, that's absolutely right. We are going to be left with twenty percent, right? Well, thirty uh, minus twenty. Th- <laughs> We're going to be left with 10%. Thank yep. you. We're going to be left with 10%. And so we knock off the percentage, and that means we have a net promoter score of 10. Which is okay. terrible, by the way. It's pretty bad. Yes, that's a bad one. It's pretty bad. So again, just to, to recap it, we're going to throw out the passives. We're going to subtract the percentage of promoters from the percentage of detractors, and that is our number. The number we report is not a percentage. So if you come up with 40%, the number you report is 40. You have an NPS of 40. Okay. So let's talk about that. What is a good NPS, Frank? Well, you know, what's funny is I think when people first aim to do an NPS and they first launch an NPS, they, you know, they think in terms of normal percentage scores of like, ah, we want to be 90% great Mm -hmm. with our customers. So we expect a 90 NPS. But um, as you just went through an example there, getting 90 is near impossible, Mm -hmm. right? So Good scores, um, if you look at some of the top brands in the world, they have scores in like the 60s as an mm-hmm. example. And you might find some that are a little more, a little less that are great brands, but that's generally where you're going to find them. And again, that's just because to your point, you only take the percentage of promoters minus the percentage of detractors and that becomes your score. So in a case of having, let's say 60 as your total NPS, you may have had something like, you know, uh, let's call it 90%, you know, in in one or or that that's not a real number, but you may have had like 80 minus 20, right? Like that might have mm-hmm. been how you get to 60. So um if you get into the 60s, you're doing really, really well. Yeah. So let's do one more tangible example just to make sure that we're we're separating percentages, right? So if we only sent this out to 10 people, and of those 10 people, um, let's say all 10 actually responded. Right. And let's say that eight of them were nines and tens. Those are promoters. Let's say one of them was a seven and one of them was a three. So you've got one passive and one detractor in there. Yep. We're going to toss out the passive. Right. And so that means ignore it completely. Just ignore it completely. So that means of the eight promoters, that's 80%. Yep. And then we had one detractor, that's 10%. We're going to subtract that, which leaves us with 70%. That means your NPS in this example is a 70. Yep. Okay, which is actually really good based on what you just mentioned. Yep. That's, okay. that's a great score, a really great score. And so that's why you'll see, again, the top brands in the world, if you go look them up, 
they're in the 60s. I think one of the top ones was like 67, you know, which is ridiculously high from an NPS yeah. standpoint. So don't take your traditional one to 100 rating that you're used to grading yourself on and you know, we're 97% to our goal and we're, you know, 100% to our goal. It's not that, you know, re- readjust your expectation on what your NPS score is going to be. And if you've never done this, you might go into it and say, hey, if we get 50, let's be happy. Well, yeah. And for me, just like everything we do, especially when we're um, starting to uncover metrics in the business for the very first time, maybe don't even worry about what it is. Maybe just get it. Get it and say that is what it is. It's not necessarily good or bad. I mean, it actually might be bad, but it is what it is. And now we have a uh, benchmark to base our goal setting against, right? Now we say, okay, we're important. Yeah, we're, we've got a benchmark of 10. Next time we send this out, we want this to be a 20, right? And so um, I, I think that's the most important thing. Don't get yourself down about you know all of the detractors you have the first time you send it. You might actually find you have a lot of detractors you didn't know about. Yeah, which is a good thing yeah. to find out, you know, Absolutely. because if otherwise the, the other thing you could be doing is just never asking and never finding out. And then you mm-hmm. wonder why your churn and retention is, you know, churns high and, and you just don't know why. So this yeah. at least gives you a place to start investigating. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about how often we should be sending these out. And then I want to talk about what to do about it. Because uh, again, we've, um, you know, we've come in contact with a lot of businesses that are actually doing this. And then they put it in a report and that's it. It's a report. They don't actually do anything to actively change it. Um, and so I want to get into that quickly. But first of all, how often do you think you should be sending out these MPS surveys? You probably have a lot of different answers to this question. Mm-hmm. And so it really depends on the flow of your business. You know, how often are customers cycling in? What size is your customer base? But to give you a general answer, knowing that it can vary based on your business, I like every 90 days. If you notice that we talk a lot about quarterly, quarterly rhythms on this mm-hmm. podcast. So I'm a fan of also putting that on a quarterly rhythm. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, I think that works. And I think just depending on the relationship you have with your clients and the type of service or product you have, then you just have to be cognizant of you know potential fatigue in there. But um, you know that's up to your business. We should also point out that the larger the customer base, the more accurate this is of the sentiment of how well you're doing as a company. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have in your example a moment ago, 10 total customers, you have 10. I don't know if you need an NPS, right? You should just talk to those 10 people. You should (laughs) be talking to those 10 people, uh, cycling through those people every quarter. And let's say that's your business. You're just built on these high value service contracts. You're you're a small boutique firm. You don't need an NPS. You don't. You need to be talking to every one of those 10 customers. So the more customers you have and harder it is to talk to every customer, the more valuable a tool like NPS will be to your business. Mm, that's a great point. Um, you know, I would say though, if you're talking to them, you should build this into a regular conversation. Um, even this, the question specifically, yes. you know, how likely are you to refer us? And you can even take their answer as a eh, likely or not very likely and here's why or, or whatever. And you can interpret what that means. But once you get that data, you got to do something with it, right? So um, if you have a big database and you get a whole bunch of data back, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, but that can be very overwhelming, especially if you have a lot of detractors in there. What do we do about that, right? 
So what we usually coach companies to do is start small and build on it, but have something happen for every score range in there, right? So for the detractors, if you get a detractor, have something happen. And that could be as simple as an internal alert, right? If somebody comes back with a score of three, maybe that goes in as an internal alert to uh, the marketing team. Maybe it goes to the service team, depending on how your organization is structured and who should be in charge of this. Um, But you should set up a series of events. And those events could be, hey, someone's going to call and reach out to this person and see what's going on and how we can make this better for them. It may be that you've got too many and you're not going to do that individually. And so you're going to put together some sort of a plan to help R&D the customer experience. I I mean, whatever you you do is up to you. Yeah. You could even have a a follow-up survey question go out. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's Mm -hmm. the number one thing we can do to improve as a brand? And just have an open-ended an open-ended answer box. Yep. Right. Like at this point, like just hear the words and see the words. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't necessarily need another, you know, choose one, pick all right. that apply. Like at this point, I would just start asking those people, hey, tell us what what can we be doing better as a brand? And someone should be pouring over those. Yeah. And actually, most companies that we work with, they if they're going to doing anything with this information, it usually is on the detractor side. And that makes sense, right? Oh no, there's a there's a fire. Let's go put it out. Right. They start figuring out what campaigns we can run, what products we can improve, what experiences, who needs to be talked to, right? A lot of times they are kind of just doing that with or without a defined process behind it. Uh, Where we see people dropping off is in the passives and in the promoters, right? So passives, great. We got passives. Promoters, great. Let's go pat ourselves on the back and give high fives. We're doing a great job, right? Right. But, But wrong because what you should be doing. So let's talk about passives. If you get passives back, we don't want them as passives. That's that's not a bad thing for us, but it's kind of a bad thing for us because what we really are aiming to do is to build fans, evangelists, right? So those actually represent no man's land for us. So we need to have campaigns uh, put in place so that when promoters, or sorry, when scores come back as passives, something happens to make them no longer passive, but to make them super excited. So that could be special promotions for them. That could be some extra love. That could be a box of donuts. I mean, it could be any number of things, but it has to be something that's prescribed. And hopefully, um, you know, the the follow-up is somewhat automated so that the people on your team know what's next. We got a score back that was a seven. What's next? Right. By uh, the way, if you if you do want to send us a box of donuts, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna oppose that. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Donuts are <laughs> the key to Frankie's heart. <laughs> donuts are always a great idea, folks. And so then my favorite one is is really the promoters. Um, again, oftentimes you get promoter scores back and all you do is give yourself, yourselves high fives and we don't really want that. What we want to do is to get in front of them and say, one, thank you. Thank you so much for being so excited and so loyal to the brand. Two, what can we do better? I know you're super excited about us, but what can we do better for you? And three, this is a perfect time to be asking them for testimonials. Yes. Perfect time to be asking them for case study um, you know, video interviews. Maybe it's a perfect time to ask them for a backlink on their website to yours. Anything you can think of that while they are excited to promote you, ask them to promote you. They just said they would ask them to promote you. You know, I love that you're bringing this up as an example, Joe, because we've talked in the past about mapping out your macro funnel, you know, the macro funnel of your business. And I think oftentimes when people think about the funnel of their business, it stops at, okay, at the bottom of the funnel, they became a customer. But Mm -hmm. beyond that, there are moments in the customer relationship that continue to contribute towards your your revenue, your profit. 
And those are things like reviews on websites, testimonials, participation in case studies, like mm-hmm. you mentioned backlinks. There are all these things that actually uh, create a flywheel effect. And mm-hmm. that's why I call it the macro funnel, like at the large, you know, looking very large at the, the scope of your business through the customer journey. Most people forget after they become customer. I think you, you just bring up a really great point. Ask that net promoter question. And then for your nines and tens, like go in for those, you know, macro funnel inflection points. That's a great way to combine the two and, and give a system to, to doing that in your business. Yeah. So for our friends who are not doing this and are interested in doing this, let's talk a little bit about how you might get started with, uh, you know, some NPS surveying, right? I mean, there's a number of ways and, and go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say who should be, uh, looking at NPS before we talk about how to get implemented, who are the people that need to be looking at this score regularly? Mm. First of all, I assume, you know, marketing sends this out or does customer service send this out? And then two, who should be aware of this number? Yeah, that, that's a good point. So we almost always have the marketing team send this out. This is kind of a you know a marketing sort of it's right in their wheelhouse, sending emails, putting together um, you know the the campaigns and flows that would facilitate this type type of a, an activity. So marketing team, um, but then that of course should be reported to all of the departments: marketing, sales, and service. And of course, your executive team probably wants to know about this too, right? Uh, because what's going to happen, depending on what the scores come back as, is you're going to need, in some ways, all hands on deck to help um, facilitate the next steps, right? If it's um, if they come back as promoters, you need to figure out who is going to go ask them for the testimonial for the case study. Who's going to sit down with them and actually interview them about these things? Who's going to implement? If you know, I mentioned a backlink. Who's going to do that? You need to have this all all planned out. And if it's um, all the way down at the zeros, one, two, three, fours, and the detractors, you need to know who is in charge of making that better. Oftentimes, that's the service team, right? That's uh, The service team needs to be alerted by marketing that we got some bad scores, and they need to be given a list of people to reach out to to fix this. Yeah, right. that's great. And so obviously, you can figure this out on your own in your own organization, depending on your size and the personalities involved. But generally, we would have marketing send this out, and almost always we have service on the backside kind of following up to make things better if they're bad. And if they are already good or if they just need to be made a little bit better uh, for your passives, usually marketing sales can work together for that. Yeah, that's great. That's really yeah. great. And of course, as you mentioned, the executive team absolutely needs to know every time the score is updated and it should mm-hmm. be tracked and you should be able to see this plotted quarter by quarter so you can see where the trend is going You know, to get mm-hmm. a the 50 score in itself is not bad, but it's bad if your previous score was 65. You know, hold Good up, <laughs> alarm bells, what's going on? But if your previous score was 40, great. That's something to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. So implementation. Yeah, so there's many softwares. I mean, you can just Google NPS and you'll come up with some softwares to do this. We, of course, use HubSpot. We're HubSpot fans. And HubSpot comes with a service hub that will allow you to do this. It's, it's already baked in. But even if you don't have a service hub, you don't have HubSpot, even if you're only using MailChimp or something like that, you can still do this, right? You can just create an email and you can create little calls to action in the forms of links and you know hyperlink a zero and a one and a two and a three and a four and hyperlink all those up and write out the question. And when they click on one of those links, uh, you know, in the most rudimentary way, just hyperlink each one to a different page. And when they land on that page, the page simply says, hey, thanks so much for the feedback. But behind the scenes, you now know how many people clicked on link 
one, link two, link three. And depending on the email software you're using, like I mentioned MailChimp, you should know who did it too. You should be able to go in and pull a list of everyone who clicked on that link in that email. And therefore you can pull a list of detractors of passives and of promoters. So that would be a really basic way to get started. Yeah. And if you're ready for a little nerd hack here, Joe, nerd it, you could link to the exact same page and just put a different anchor link on there. So pound one, pound two, and so on. So if you want to make this real easy, just link to the same page that says thank you. And then if your your MailChimp software will tell you what percentage clicked on each link, and there you go. There's your your total numbers that you need to know for your net promoter score. So to so, your to your point, let you, people shouldn't complicate this. Like there's no reason why you can't get this question out to your database. So I'm I'm gonna nerd hack challenge you there. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> Most softwares don't actually track hashtags. They will track parameters. So if you put a question mark, one, you know, number equals one, number equals two, number equals three, that would track. There you go. Let's one. do that. Do, We're getting do too geeky here. Yeah, too geeky. Super <laughs> fun stuff though. But the point Ask being- your developer. The point being, yeah, Joe and I are former programmer nerds. Uh, the, the point being, don't complicate this, right? Don't complicate it. No, no. This is simple. This is a single question. And where it gets complicated is when you get the answers back and do nothing about it. Then you're just wasting your time. Yeah. So you don't need to overcomplicate this. Just figure out who's clicking on what and then figure out some basic follow-up for each of the three buckets, your detractors, your passives, and hopefully, you know, the most percentage are falling into promoters for you. Great. Great. Awesome. I think that's it for this week. Good. Well, I hope you folks have enjoyed this little discussion around NPS net promoter score. I would encourage you folks to take action today and get that question sent out to your database. And you could do this in a matter of a day. You can get them sent out today. And uh, by the end of the week, you can start to see what your net promoter score is and then track it over time and see how well you're doing. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Digital Utopia podcast. Look forward to seeing you again here next time. Take care.